The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by Niner Empire GB. And we are recording the Frequency 49 show uh, <laughs> for the NFC Divisional game against the Cowboys. The reason why I'm laughing is that there are three of us. None of us know what we're doing. This show may well not even end up being aired. Uh, so we're completely winning this. <laughs> and I think this is a tribute to how much we miss um, Kat and Paul, because without them... You are now going to get audio of the blind leading the blind. But nevertheless, we're going to have a go. So with me tonight, we have uh, Michael Vandy, our our brother, uh, a member of our chapter as much as anybody else's. He's no longer a friend of the show. He's a huge component of it. And it's also wonderful to welcome Paul Marsh onto the show. So good evening, guys. How are we all feeling? Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty good, pretty good. We're obviously happy to beat the Cowboys again, so that's that's always uh, perks up the mood. Michael, how are you feeling? Yeah, thanks thanks for having me, and we're down to our uh, fourth string quarterback <laughs> <laughs> right now. We the yeah. when we were playing the Chiefs, we were down to the practice squad, weren't we? You know. <laughs> so, Pretty obviously, much. Obviously, we have just beaten the Dallas Cowboys. Okay, and let me just put this out there, right? I would rather have won. I would rather have lost the Super Bowl than lose to Dallas, and that's all I'm going to say about that. That's how much I hate. <laughs> well, a- I mean, certainly if you if you're a Forty Niners fan from from going back a back a while, um, you know, I certainly remember uh, watching a, a few losses uh, back in the day. So uh, to, to to be on the winning side these last couple of years has felt really good. So uh, I'm kind of almost with you there. It's our turn to eat. Oh, yeah. how was it in Germany with our with our friends, with our brothers and sisters in Germany? How did the how did you guys react to beating Dallas in a playoff? Yeah, we have a lot of uh, 2012 fans, so they don't really know that rivalry. Uh, but my very first televised game was the two, uh, 1995 uh, NFC Championship game, uh, 49ers versus Dallas Cowboys. We won 38-28, so yeah, I grew up with that rivalry as well. And a lot of uh, fans did too. So uh, yeah, you can't just, lose to I to the like Cowboys. I'd like to add at this point that I was actually at that game, and I was at the one that stung me the most—the one in 1993 where we lost at home to the Dallas Cowboys um, in the NFC Championships game. So I, I've tasted both sides, but really, it's always sweet when we beat Dallas, whether it's a regular season game or. Or not, but to eliminate them from the playoffs is always going to be something special. And Paul, you're right. You know, for some of the sort of younger fans, they don't really understand the hoo-ha about the Cowboys. It's all about the Seahawks. But historically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know this. And I, I was especially pleased because they played so well against the Giants. Was it the Giants? Who did they play? Who Dallas? 
Yeah, before us. Oh, they played uh, Tampa no, Bay. No, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Tampa uh, Bay. So that was it. So he, before, he gets, so they, they played so time. well against Tampa Bay, and and Prescott was like, I mean, apart from a little bit at the beginning, he actually was was pretty good all the way. You know, he hardly hardly missed a throw, and everyone's talking him up, and they were, everyone was like, oh, they were so good, and and that makes it even sweeter that after such a you know a positive performance, they're going on about how he's back from his injury and all this kind of stuff, and then you know he comes up against us, and then you know it all. all falls apart again and now everyone's talking about him as if he's lost like this very average quarterback and uh, you know it's like get back in your box you had one good game against Tampa and you know there you go 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 back to your level <laughs> well very I mean, enjoyable. His, his level is very very high but Tom Brady isn't the Tom Brady that won all those rings now he's you know the time oh time. definitely not yeah I mean there's people still talking about him being on our team next year god that uh, I don't I don't fancy that at all I, I don't think he'd come here to sit on the bench. I think he'd want to start wherever he goes. He's not going to start. Yeah, I mean, hopefully there's there's no truth in it. But I've heard a few uh, people say that they think he might do. And I was like, oh, God. Well, Michael, yeah. I have to ask you this. Before the game, you know, um, people were confident. People were nervous. People were and, – and rightly so. In the playoffs, you have to have a little bit of nerves. It respects the game that you're about to play. But how did this game play out for you? Did it play out how you thought it would? What do you think were the turning points? Yeah, yeah I, I was here last week, uh, like you, and I, I think I saw I said it last week that this will be a pretty close game, and it was a pretty close game. Um, I mean, the Cowboys, the whole time they talked about that Purdy never saw a defense like the Cowboys. I think the problem for Dak was he didn't see a defense like our defense. Uh, before so yeah I, we have the better quarterback I would say do you think it was the quarterback play that made the difference in this game I think it was because uh, of course uh, we only made one touchdown like the Cowboys uh, but um, in the end uh, our uh, touchdown was uh, very well very well played downfield and all the field goals as well and their touchdown was a mishap in our defense. That was the only mishap our defense really had. So, yeah, um, basically, uh, it was for me, it was a quarterback play because uh, Purdy stayed po more poised than Dak did and didn't force the ball downfield. Uh, he did what he has had to do. What about you, Paul? What do you think was the turning point for this game? Well, I think there were. I think there were a few. I mean, I think in, in the same way uh, as against the Seahawks, for some reason we we seemed to sort of play play better in the second half. Uh, and I think you know, obviously they'd had a shorter turnaround time and were obviously travelling, so maybe they they started to tire a bit in the second half. Whereas the first half, it was obviously pretty pretty even stuff. Um, uh, and obviously that meant uh, that we you know obviously scoring the touchdown when we did was was. You know the most opportune moment, and uh, so that that was important. And I think it was also important. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. You know, their their number one running back went off injured, um, oh. and they were left with like the aging Zeke to uh, not do quite as good a job uh, as the other guy had been doing. So I think that that also played uh, a bit of a part. Um, but um, it, it's kind of us. We you know. 
it wasn't a pleasant. I mean, I didn't enjoy watching the game at all. It was such a, uh, you know, it was such a, a close game, a very frustrating. Obviously, field goals, you know, not you know the touchdowns weren't coming, um, and uh, you know, as I say, like, we just managed to, to hold on in and then and then scored at the right time and and, and sort of held on. See, for me, this game had several components that turned it around. Okay, I think firstly, this wasn't going to be. Um, a point for point, you know, shootout that was established from the start. This game was going to be all about defense. And I think Shanahan saw this game as a construction project where you just keep building, keep building and keep building. But we had exploited, I believe several weaknesses from Dallas. So when they scored the touchdown and missed the point after they were very hesitant on kicking a field goal. And if you remember, they had a fourth and four in field goal. Oh, yeah, goal. they did. Yeah. They went for it. They converted it. But on that same drive, that's when we made the um, Lenore made the first interception. So as a result of not kicking the field goal, they um, they actually got the ball turned over despite making that first down on fourth and four. And we went upfield and scored a touchdown with time expired in the second half, which was Purdy. He threw that ball out of bounds, and uh, I did not know the rules. But apparently, the clock stops when the ball drops, not when it goes out of bounds. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, I don't think Purdy knew that either. If I'm being completely honest, but you yeah, know, that yeah, field goal, and then we turned the ball over from holding Dallas on the opening drive of the third quarter. We uh, we fumbled. Oh, we fumbled. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, you know, but I think the turning point was that drive when Kittle made the juggling act. Yeah, perfect. Immense, and also, um, Purdy was sacked on a third and long, and they got called for a, a holding penalty on George Kittle, which gave us a fresh set of downs, and we managed to to get some points on the board with that. I think there were so many different things that were happening. I think we made them happen rather than they were given to us, if that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, I think also the referees cleaned up the game in the second half. I mean, uh, there was two atrocious calls in the, or non-calls in the first half. Uh, one was uh, roughing the kicker against uh, Mitch Wyshnowski, which, yeah, which had, yeah. should have yeah, been definitely. a first down. Uh, because uh, you can't say, oh, he couldn't stop his momentum. He uh, jumped after the ball was kicked. And the second thing uh, was uh, the touchdown of Dallas. Uh, if you look into the replay, you see that uh, the defender pushes down uh, Ayuk. Uh, uh, not the defender, the, the wide receiver pushes uh, down our defender and then catches the ball. And that's offensive pass interference. Yeah, yeah, there was some. Some of those were were pretty obvious, and I think sometimes you can get in your heads when you have non calls because you think, are the refs really going to call this for us at all today or not? And then the officiating sort of did change. You know, it did, but that that uh, roughing the passer call, uh, roughing the kicker was uh, was in plain sight. That was definitely. A 15-yard penalty and a first down, you know. That was definitely, yeah, it definitely was, yeah. 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 But there, there were so many other things, you know. There were things that frustrated me. There was um, Eric Armstead whiffed Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah. Safety. 
Same as Hufunga, he he. Oh yeah, that completely missed. Kind of, I don't know what he was doing. He's like right there and just somehow completely missed him. I'll tell you what he was doing. I'll tell you what both of them were doing. Both of them were going for the highlight sack or the highlight pick, and instead of doing the simple things well, you know that that could have cost us, especially Armstead when he whiffed in the end zone. I'm like. That was a safety. What are you? Doing? Yeah, that was that. That literally would have won us the game right then and there, if we got if we got that safety. Yeah, I, but I think that's the greatest problem our defense has. I mean, okay, we have the number one defense, but Demik Ryan said it in an interview. Uh, he uh, specifically said uh, Hufanga, but that's a problem for most of our defensive players, as, except for Nick Bosa, who is mostly held by the offense line. <coughs> Um, they always try to go for the show sack or the show tackle instead of just doing the job. And that's why sometimes uh, the the offense gets big plays against them because they want to show off instead just to do that fucking job. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you dropped the bomb that, that was on my mind is just... Do the bread and butter stuff. Don't go for the big plays because if you do the bread and butter stuff, the big plays will come naturally. You don't have to force those, you know. But it made me um, very worried, you know. But one person who I think got a little bit of heat unnecessarily towards the end of the game was uh, Elijah Mitchell when he went on the breakaway run and went out of bounds. Now, everybody's saying, why didn't he go out of bounds? Why didn't he? But the number of times I've seen that replay, I'm thinking, it's actually quite difficult for him to get out of bounds with the forward momentum that he had. You know, even if they tackled him, they could have shoved him out of bounds. You know? so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think he couldn't have just stopped because they'd have just tackled him and pushed him out of bounds. Yeah. Um, he was so close. You know, it's literally like a centimetre off of the sideline. I mean, it's like, what's he going to do? Well, I, I thought that a bit as well. But, um, but what yeah, really thankfully was, it didn't matter in the end. What really was the difference? <clears throat> because I think... Whilst it was a, a hugely defensive game, I do believe we played what Shani likes to call complementary football, where both offence and defence were central components in this win, and special teams too, because we talk about the offence and the defence, but Robbie Gold's leg gave us yeah, so yeah. points. I mean, he's never missed uh, or something cause in the playoffs, is that right? I don't know, which uh, yeah, I'll probably put the kibosh on that now, but uh, hopefully not. <laughs> Well, it, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I heard an interview with Kyle Juszczyk, uh about uh, Shanahan's game plan, and Juszczyk says sometimes Kyle overdoes it with trying to outsmart the uh, the other um, the, the the defensive coordinator of the other team, and. Uh, they are the best when they when he just lets them uh, smash play smash mouth football. Yeah, I thought that because our, our run game in the first half was terrible, um, and I, I wondered whether or not that might be a, a problem of just not keeping it simple. Uh, you know, obviously Dallas don't have the best defense uh, against the run, but but they seem to manage to tie us up in knots, uh, especially in that first half. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not great at sort of analysing plays and seeing all the nuances and all that kind of stuff. But I just wondered whether or not you know it would have been easier just to kind of you know a simple pass off and you know straight up the middle or you know just something just 
much more straightforward if, if that's not really what their what their strength is. I think whether you like it or not, I think we all have to put our hands up and say uh, we're actually playing an elite defense, and their job is to stop our offense. And I think you know to some degree they cancelled each other out. You know the margin of victory was three field goals, wasn't it? If I'm not mistaken. So um, yeah, uh, seven, well, seven points in the end. I think 12 yeah. to 19, yeah, one, 12. one touchdown. And one missed extra point, you know, because mm. the fear for me was if Dallas keep going for two pointers, they're going to eventually get one, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Or one touchdown. So that was the I, fear. I think... Go on, go on. No, no, it was purely their kicker. I was thinking, is this going to be an advantage for us or is this going to really hurt us if they keep going? Yeah, yeah. Because um, mm. the, the other thing is obviously talking about that is obviously going back a bit to Purdy. Because I think, you know, obviously there was, there was moments... Just, I look at that game and you wonder what his ceiling is and whether or not he can be. But then when you think about it, the run game wasn't working. So, and against, you know, a top tier uh, defence, or obviously, you know, he's not going to get the open, you know, things aren't going to be as easy for him as in some of the other games. As you say, he was the one when faced with that, unlike Prescott, who turned it over with two interceptions and had a passer rating of, uh, well, let's look at the stats. Uh, uh a passer rating of sixty three point six, but Purdy had a, had a you know no interceptions and a passer rating of eighty seven point four. And as I say, whilst it wasn't glamorous, and there were moments when you thought to yourself, "Do we need somebody here who's a bit more mobile, can throw the ball harder, or something like that?" But then when you think about it and you rationalise it, it's like, well, he didn't need to be that. He just literally needed to do what he did, which was not turn the ball over and and find the men in the game when the when the chances arose, which he did, like with that Kittle thing where Kittle juggled the ball and set that driver light and you know that, that's what he needed to do and that's what he did and that's exactly what Prescott didn't do uh, and you know what more can you ask really even though it didn't necessarily look pretty all the time yeah I mean I, I think it's not a question of what they want to do I think again I'll defer to this I think both both defences really cancelled each other cancelled the offences out in some way or another I mean we were I think what were we two and a half point four point um favorites in that game and we covered we covered that point spread by three mm. so you know we um, we sort of played how Vegas wanted it to be played out but next week gentlemen the Philadelphia Eagles now this is going to be interesting because I've heard a lot of people say well the Eagles haven't played anyone good look at their schedule look at their schedule well guess what they might have had the easiest schedule, but ours was second only to theirs. There's not much in it between how easy, if you want to call I it. Think, I think we had the easiest, and they had the second easiest. I think ours was easier. Yeah, it's very, very marginal, you know. And the so either, was, either way, exactly. Neither did we. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I want to take that off the table straight away. That yeah, it was scheduled. That's why the they are where they are. No, I think if you're at the last four standing, you legitimately are the best four teams left in the National Football League. You know, you deserve to yeah, be there. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the Eagles won't be a uh, cakewalk to uh, they. They are pretty, pretty much uh, the opposite of our team, and uh, that's. Uh, a bit frightening for me because uh, we may have the better defense, uh, the defensive line, but they have the better offensive line than we have. 
So I think uh, that game will be pretty pretty even uh, from the start, and I think in this game uh, the quarterback play will be much more important than against Dallas. What do you mean by the opposite of this, Michael? In in what sense? In that? Yeah. I mean, for example, uh, take their offensive line. Uh, their offensive line is uh, this year the best offensive line, and they are facing the best defensive line. So. Uh, Pretty much, uh, they they have the offense line who can stop at least uh, the pass rush uh, from us. Uh, run game is an is a different thing because uh, um, we or it's it's the same thing. They have the best uh, offense line for the run game. I mean, they pretty much put two hundred run uh, rush yards on uh, on the Giants, for example, and they were pretty much. Uh, the best uh, O-line in the run game and we have the best D-line against that what I mean. Uh, both uh, sides equal each other out. Uh, well, let's put this I into context, okay? So we say that they have the best O-line or maybe the best D-line, but relative to us, how much better are they than us? And I would say not significantly better. Not as in significantly. They're not much, much better. It might be better, but not a huge amount better, you know? No, no, I agree with that. I mean, I think I was, again, I'm just looking at some of these uh, stats and it's quite interesting. Um, so uh, in, in, when you're talking about kind of opposites, because uh, in rushing yards allowed per game, we're second um, defensively, only allowing 77.7, but they're 16th, allowing 121 yards. But then in terms of passing yards, they're first at only allowing 179 passing yards, whereas we're 20th at allowing 220. So, so our, our, our um, we're better at, uh, at sort of rush defense, and they're better at pass defense. And then you're kind of similar in terms of when you when you swap them around. So, if if, if we can get our running game going, uh, then then that I think that's got to be the key the key to it because if they've got like the best effectively the best uh, defensive backs um then uh you know we're going to struggle if we have to if it becomes like a a game where it's kind of uh touchdown you know swapping touchdowns all the time you know you really have to then put the pressure on Brock Purdy to 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 put the the game on his back which would mm. worry me a little bit i think i think sorry i think i saw a statistic that uh they are the overall third uh, defense, and we are the overall first. So basically, it's the same like against Dallas. They had the overall second uh, best defense of the league. So I think uh, it will be a defensive uh, battle again. And uh, it, it depends on how we can stop uh, A.J. Brown. Yeah. And I think going back to what we were saying about the running game, I think now we've come to a point where it doesn't matter if the pass sets up the run or the run sets up the pass. The run has to be set. And I think this is where we have a clear advantage. And we've got two players. We've got Christian McCaffrey, who is a he's running back. He's got a calf injury. And can be, uh, well, he's mistraining today, but we'll see how he goes. But in McCaffrey, we've got somebody who can play like a receiver, but is actually a running back. And then we've got Debo Samuel, who is a receiver, but can can run like a running back. We've also got Ayuk and George Kittle, who do enjoy the odd jet sweep here and there. 
and, and I think the edge that we've got over the Eagles, which I think we've got two distinct advantages over them. One is special teams. Okay, we've got Robbie Gould. Nobody has Robbie Gould. But secondly, I think the edge we have is coaching. Okay, I think Shani is a, a smart coach. Uh, Demico Ryans is going to be an NFL coach, a head coach next season. And thirdly, experience. We've got a lot of players in who've played in an NFC Championship game in both conferences, you know, and they're young as well. They're not old players who've played in these games. These are young yeah. players that have played in a conference. J- J- yeah. Jalen Hurts hasn't, does he? I mean, that's he, he's certainly not experienced with in terms of the playoffs. <laughs> Um, mm. So uh, yeah, yeah, that that could really come into, especially if it's a tight game going into the second half. You know, um, that that kind of you know, positive, uh, you know, that ability to to not let your the mental side run away with you and staying in control and that kind of stuff could all could all uh, be vital things that play into whether someone wins or not. But then yeah, we've got our own, our own uh, Brock Purdy, who's never played in this regular season game yeah. and never played in the playoffs yet here we are you know I see another advantage uh, uh, compared to the Dallas game I mean I see a pretty uh, I see a nail biter but I see another advantage is uh, the opposing coach doesn't know uh, Shenny in and out. Uh, I mean, if you look at Dallas, Dan Quinn was his, was Shenny's head coach at the Atlanta sure, Falcons, yeah. and those sure. two know each other in and out. So I I'm, I was pretty much sure that uh, Dan Quinn uh, knows some of Shenny's play just from uh, from seeing them. And so I, I don't think that Siriani uh, has the same advantage, or his DC has the same advantage Dan Quinn had. No, good point. Good point. I mean, although the, the, I was just going to say, the one thing that still does worry me is our as our record against uh, you know mobile quarterbacks uh, and Jalen Hurts escaping the pocket. We we've been so bad at, at, at keeping quarterbacks in in the pocket, well, for a really long time now, and I can just I'm already envisaging a number of times where the defense has looked really on top of things, got them into some kind of crazy third and long situations and uh you know we just can't contain him so he, he goes and gets enough yards to to get the, the drive running again and it's just so frustrating when we play against mobile quarterbacks but we, you know they must they must know how to stop it but there's just something about the way they want to play the game that just doesn't seem to match up with that that they can can do it consistently so it does worry me uh that i have to be honest but we've beaten mobile quarterbacks yeah, and I the know, problem, but uh, I, and the problem. Uh, okay, you first. <laughs> no, no, Michael, carry on, please. The problem is, uh, like Deepak said in the Dallas game, the problem is our defense too often wants to make show stops. Uh, I mean, most rushing yards uh, Dak had against us in the last game came from. Uh, broken down sacks uh, when our defense tried to make the show sack and uh, didn't stop him and he had uh, space to run after that and uh, if they clean that up uh, against Philly um, I think they can stop Jalen Hurts yeah he will make his yards 
and of course he will make his yards through the air but uh, the main uh, thing they would should do is containing Jalen Hurts. If they contain him and uh, force him to pass, he will make his errors. He uh, he's, Definitely. He, he's, he still isn't uh, the, the super quarterback everyone sees in him. Because if you look at their... Uh, if uh, the opponent they had, the opponents weren't much better than the opponents we had. So... I don't know why everyone sees uh, the problem with our team. Uh, the, the, we are the, the strongest team the Eagle faced this year. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh... I mean, the, the, only thing, the only thing that worries me, as you say, uh, well, not the only thing, because obviously several things worry me, but that idea of keeping him in the, keeping Hertz in the pocket and, and us obviously, you know, the number of times, as you say, where they've, where they've pushed and gone for the sack and they've almost gone past the quarterback, leaving these big holes. It, it just seems to me that there's, in order to prevent that from happening, they've got to kind of almost play within themselves slightly in, in order to not like push for the sack. They've obviously got to, uh, have a lot, have a bit more control than they might otherwise have to ensure that those gaps don't appear. And I just wonder whether or not they've got the restraint to to do that consistently throughout the game. And uh, you know, ho- hopefully they they do, but uh, uh, or, or certainly not necessarily all the time, but certainly uh, more than they would have would have done otherwise, and enough to obviously you know not make it too problematic. They have yeah, but in, in the pocket, and I'll tell you why. I would rather him complete a pass or make a mistake or an interception in the pocket than get out of it and extend a play and kill us with his legs. You know, I think mm, yeah. we've got more chance of, of success against that against that offense if we keep him in the pocket and flush him out and then God only knows what he can do. You know. <laughs> keep him in the keep him yeah. contained. Keep the integrity of the pocket and keep him contained inside it. And I think that's we, we can disrupt them, you know. And the other thing that we've got to remember is we're playing away in Philadelphia who have got the most insane fans in the world. But here's one thing about Eagles fans, and I'll tell you this for nothing. If their team is doing badly, my God, do they turn on them in the very worst way. You don't even need away fans once the Eagle fans turn on their own team. And I mm. think if you silence the crowd and get them angry, It'll be another big advantage for us. Yeah, and we should use the experience advantage. I mean, our team is in the third conference final in the last four years uh, since 2019. They are the first time in a conference final since they won the Super Bowl. Uh, I think that was 2017-16. And uh, with a complete different team, I think they they only have two or three players left from uh, the Super Bowl team. And uh, the, the second thing is, don't laugh, but Brock Purdy has more playoff experience than Jalen Hurts. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You know, and again, you know. <laughs> We've gone past the point where losing a game is beneficial for his maturity. Right now, we can't afford him to lose a game. The time to lose one was in the regular season, and that's gone now. So, Brock cannot lose a game. End of story. It's not happening now. Did that, that oh, no, I think. I'm sorry. Go on. I was say. I think. I think my my biggest key for us to win or or lose, in fact, 
it is is the start of the game. You know, in the last two games, um, we obviously haven't started particularly quickly, but we've we've managed to um, you know keep it close uh, and not either you know either still be leading in some, but obviously or, or was it we were three down or whatever it was weren't we against the Seahawks? So so not letting it get away. If if they were to get off to a fast start and score a couple of touchdowns, and, and we we're struggling to get the offense and, and scoring points. Then you know the crowd will be up, and and the pressure really then does come on. But at the same time, if if the opposite is true, uh, and and we can start fast, and you know even if it's not scoring two touchdowns, but certainly sort of get get sort of seven or ten points ahead quickly. Um, as you say, with with the type of crowd that they are, and they start to see some cracks, and and they might start to you know it, it, it you know might make the rest of the game a little bit more easy. I, I would really love them to come out. With a fast start and 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 sort of um, you know show um, that it's going to be a tough contest for the Eagles because then they've really got to prove that you know they've got what it takes. James, mm. sorry, Michael, that um, a ten point lead is not enough unless it's inside the last thirty seconds. Then it's enough. I don't think the ten point lead will be a cushion at all in this game. It's going to be a Oh, oh no! I mean, I don't think we could just score ten points and leave. But what I mean is, is, just get off, get off to a fast start, so that they're the ones playing catch up. Whereas, you know, whoever if if one if one team gets off to a a, a quick start with sort of ten or fourteen point lead, I, I do think it will be difficult for the other one to to come back from that in like the first quarter or so. Not impossible, mm-hmm. but but uh, you know, harder. Yeah, sorry. As I said, I think it will be a very close game. And uh, but you're right. Uh, the most important thing is uh, for our team uh, to uh, get a lead pretty fast, and uh, then uh, put the pressure on on the Eagles uh, with with the home crowd uh, booing them. And uh, yeah, and. Uh, Let's see how it plays out. I'm. I must say, this is the most nervous game I was. Uh, also, I already was nervous uh, against Dallas. And yeah, let's see. But because um, don't forget, Brock Purdy can make double history uh, again. He could be the first rookie and the f- uh, first Mister Irrelevant quarterback uh, to start in a, a Super Bowl. He might be the only one in in generations. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, there'll, there'll, this, be, yeah. Uh, there'll be very few people likely to repeat that. You know, and he, he only did it by chance. It was only because Trey got injured, then Jimmy got injured, and now this guy, you know. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is going to be tough, but, you know, I think this it's our turn to eat. I think we're going to squeak mm-hmm. by them. It won't be by much, like you said, Michael. I think it'll be a, another bruising, bruising game. And I'll go so far as saying this. This game will be ten times harder than the one that comes after it, should we win. If that makes sense. Yeah. No, I, I was only thinking Ever. something similar. Um, I was thinking about whether or not if, if this team that we've got this season had played last year against the Rams... 
uh, we'd easily have gone into this you know this you know because this, this this Philadelphia team is much better than the Rams were last year and I think uh, I think the same applies when we when we were in the Super Bowl was it 2014 I can't remember the other year we were in the, we got to the Super Bowl and lost um, oh no 2019 rather so the, in 2019 when we got to the Super Bowl and then last year when we got to the um, you know I think if if we had this team in either of those years I think we'd have won the Super Bowl but I think we're coming up against in the Eagles the hardest team out of all of those years. It, you know, is 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 like this is the hardest game out of any of the games that yeah. we would have played. Uh, so, uh, as you say, if if we if we win this game, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, that means that we can get the confidence to to actually get us over the line in the Super Bowl. And Michael, yeah, uh, your take on this thing that I said: Will this game on Sunday be harder than the one that comes next? Yeah. Uh, Sorry, uh, no offense to everyone from the AFC who is maybe listening in, but uh, whoever wins this game on Sunday uh, will be the Super Bowl champion, either us or the Eagles. Uh, that's my bold prediction. But is it going to be us or the Eagles? Who do you think? Uh, I think it's us, but uh, it's a 50-50 chance uh, until the game is over. It is, and, and I agree with you. I think we have just enough. This is going to be very small margins, but yeah. whichever way you look at it, you know, th this has been a, a very successful season for this team. When you factor in all the adversity that it's faced just to get this far, you know, and not only get this far, but do it on the back of 12 consecutive wins. That's just insane. With a third yeah. string quarterback, you know, yeah. it's... We, we should we should talk about uh, the pick six now, uh, looking at the time. Uh, well, the pick six almost over, but I will mention this about the pick six. For those of you listening who haven't had a go, Mark Lyon is now in the playoff phase of the pick six. So for this week's competition, you have to pick the winner between the conference games, and you can pick a lot, which one you think is going to be the one that does it. Then he's made it very interesting. He's asking four questions, so... Not only is it which teams are going to win, he's going to say who do you think will be the winning quarterbacks with the sorry the quarterbacks with the most yards, so the highest scoring team, the lowest scoring team, and the quarterback with the most yards on either in either conference game, and then the tiebreaker I believe is the combined number of points. So right now, it's Steve Box postseason week two with six Kim Eskegard, friend of ours. And beyond the winner of the pick six, all on six. And then we've got Simon from our admin team, Simon Oldsworth. He's at number six. We've got, uh, who else do we have on there? Okay, nobody else from the admin. Then we've got a bunch <laughs> of people on fives. We've got uh, Nathaniel, one of our admin. We've got Paul Mack. He's on five. We have Mark Lyon. The, well, the pick six man himself is, uh, is in a joint second on five. And then you have to go near the basement to find people like me. Uh, yeah, Paul, and me. Paul, yeah. Paul and Nathaniel are also with five. Um, not I, not you, Paul, the other Paul. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely not me, Paul. No. <laughs> Michael and Paul uh, are tied on three points near the basement. And yeah. um, our James Little on two points um, tied dead last 
well, with three other people. I'm not going to mention the, pro- the problem I have with the pick six <laughs> is <laughs> I just I feel uh, so he's tied for dead last with those guys. <laughs> I, I I pick far too much on what I want the result to be, as if I'm going to like manifest it into existence, rather than like maybe what my head should tell me as to what what the outcome might be. I just so, always it's like if I don't put the 49ers for example, it's just going to, I'm going to manifest them losing or something. So I think I uh, yeah I, I should use my head a little bit. You you had the weekly list, uh, the overall list. Uh, we're we're looking a bit better. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, from the bright side, at least you're not gambling with real money, you know. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. Yeah. In the, in, in the in the overall list, Mark Lyon is the best of us with 19 points. On the admin. Wow. Oh yeah, 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 he is. Let's have a look at that one. Oh good God, this is grim reading. So Simon is actually doing good. Simon Holsworth, he's uh, sort of joined third with 12 points, but the gap between first and Sort of third is eight points, so it's a pretty big gap. And yeah. Bjorn, I have, I have eager seven points overall. <laughs> hey, look, Bjorn, who won the pick six, he's on 11, so nine behind Diana Richards, who is flying high. Mark is one point behind on, on 19, so this is so much fun. This competition, this is so much fun. Uh, I think we all enjoy this very, very much, and um. Uh, yeah. I think we have to thank Mark very much for uh, absolutely. For yeah. This up when Kev, uh, you know, could gave it up, uh, and Mark just sort of stepped in, and it was completely seamless. And uh, in honor of Kev, we still keep the tie as being called the Golden Maiden, which uh, I don't think anybody won last year. Mm. I I don't know if you heard it, but I did for Mark something which is a German tradition uh, to applaud someone. Knocking on the table. Oh, yeah, we can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's our pick six done. Paul, are we going to win on Sunday or not? Uh, I've, I've got, I can't I can't say we're not. We've, we're definitely going to win. It's our time. I've, I've got to believe that. Yeah, it is our time. It's going to be tight. It's going to be another horrible game to watch like the Dallas game was to watch. I don't think there's any there's any world where we somehow kind of blow them out of the water and, and, and get, you know, an advantage that makes the game easy to watch. But, um, you know, I, I think, uh, as you say, with our experience uh, and uh, uh, the quality that we have, I think we can just get over the line. Actually, um, Michael, we've got a little bit of time. There's one thing we didn't touch on, and that's turnovers. Um, Philadelphia are pretty good in the turnover stakes as a we, you know, that's going to be an interesting factor as well. Yeah, yeah so uh, Purdy just has to do his job and doesn't have uh, to do turnovers like he did before. Also, he ha- it was a bit lucky, but uh, I think uh, also we will win it. And I always wanted to say it, how about them Niners? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with what you said, Paul. I think um, after a long time, it's our turn to eat. You know, I, I think this is the right team at the right time. They're young, they're hungry. I think we're not going to have a team this talent stack for a very long time. You know, and if we win, I think it would help keep the team together to some degree. And then Shani can sort out the quarterback problems, which he's probably going to have as soon as this season's over. 
they can figure that bit out. But for us, the fans, the faithful, you know, we've seen some horrendous football teams come out. <laughs> yes, we have. And we've stayed, <laughs> we've stayed true. We haven't left. We've always been here, you know, and uh, I think we deserve it, don't you? Without a doubt. You know, we deserve it. Anything you'd like to add, Michael? Michael? I think he's gone to sleep. Yeah, I, I, I had muted myself. Um, yeah, I definitely see it. This is, this is our time, and I don't think if we don't do it this year, I don't think we will be up there the next few years. Um, of course, we uh, we have all the key players still still in play with Kittle and so on, but they now have to extend McCaffrey and Bosa, and yeah, I think that will be definitely a problem even with the rising salary cap. So, I really hope that our team really does it this year because that's the best Niner team we had since. Uh, 1995 sorry i have to say it the 2012 fans will hate me but this is the best team since 1995 uh you know what though michael i i, I do agree with you 100 i think this is a far better team than the 2012 2013 team but i will also say this i still think that 95 team was much better than this one you know much yeah i I say much better, I mean much better. Every player was a pro bowler. Every single yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That that's crazy. why I said since 1995, yeah. uh, because uh, I agree with you, uh, the 1995 yeah. team and the team that uh, has beaten the uh, Broncos in the Super Bowl, those were the, both uh, the two best teams the Niners had in, in all the years. Well, for me, it was still the 89 Niners. I thought they were just the best. But the 85... Isn't, isn't the 89 Niners the, the one that beat the Broncos? No, uh, that was the... Um, yes, it was. It was. Yeah, I think it yeah. was, yeah. It was the Chargers that we beat in 95. That was the yeah. team that... Uh, yeah. Sam team. Uh, how San Diego got that Super Bowl, I will never know. It's, it's the most... With Freaky Waters to... instead of Roger Craig. Yeah, but the Chargers, the most irrelevant franchise in the history of the league, they're just pure. <laughs> them and the Broncos, I don't know why they even bother having a team. They're crap. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they are, <laughs> especially the Chargers. And that's an interesting conundrum those idiots have got with the Rams now. You know, LA, these two teams, NFL teams, yeah. and nobody's supposed to watch them unless it's away from them. I have one off-topic question. Sure. Who do who do you think will will we or the Eagles, uh, but mostly we, uh, face in the Super Bowl, the Bengals or the Chiefs? Um, I personally believe it'll be the Chiefs. Well, see, it just to me it depends on because if if what's his face Mahomes has a. Um, really does have a, a, a high ankle sprain. I just don't see how he can be. He doesn't. If he as... had one, he wouldn't have played. He wouldn't have carried on playing in that game. End of story. I think this is all mind games. There's nothing wrong with the guy. 
<laughs> I really don't think there is. Yeah, well, I mean, if so, so if for example he comes out and clearly isn't as as you know, I, I think the Bengals, you know, the, the, I don't I don't think the Chiefs are good enough to beat the Bengals with a with a you know like a seventy five percent Mahomes or what have you, for, you know, but um, uh, oof. I said, but the, I, I think I, I think I heard somewhere that the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs like three times out of four or something like that. So they, they've kind of got their number two. So I think it's going to be pretty close again. Uh, and uh, I'd prefer to, to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl because of just like the tradition of, you know, uh, although then again, maybe not because we've beaten them twice in the Super Bowl. Maybe it's like third time lucky for the Bengals. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure who I want to win. I think I the Bengals think... will win if Mahomes isn't uh, fully fit. I don't think there's been the same matchup three times in a Super Bowl before. I'm trying to think. I don't think mm-hmm. that has been. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, though, because we won the first two. It's not. Yeah. The last one um, was in the uh, <laughs> Yeah, I personally hope it's the Bengals for the history reasons. Uh, third time uh, is a charm. Uh, but... Um, I also want to want the Chiefs uh, revenge for 2019. Uh, if my inside Chiefs uh, source is is right, uh, then Patrick Mahomes uh, trained fully, so it could be an open game. Uh, if if he if he really is injured, uh, the Bengals will win. Otherwise, I would say uh, the Chiefs will take revenge for last season when the Bengals kicked them out. Do you really think he's injured, though? Be honest. Do you really think he's injured? I, I mean, he obviously. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think it was not. He definitely hurt himself in the game the other day. Yeah, yeah but, or not. but with a high ankle sprain, uh, Deepak, you're right. With a high ankle sprain, he wouldn't have uh, finished that game. Uh, Henny would have come in because uh, we all know how a high ankle sprain takes out a player, and we see more than our share of high ankle sprains with the 49ers. Yeah, there's no way you finish the game if you have a high ankle sprain. I'm sorry, I don't buy that. I just thought it was suspicious when he came back on. I'm like, this is mind games. This has to be mind games. There's there's no way that's a high ankle sprain and he gets back on the field. That's him done for months almost. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's probably true. I mean, it just seems yeah, with with all the high ankle sprains that our players have had and been out for weeks. That seems very unlikely, but you know, I still think he hurt himself, even if it's not a high ankle sprain. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, you know, but with it not being a high ankle sprain, presumably it is something that he can he can you know, a, come back from. There's a huge difference between being injured and being hurt, and I think you're right. He was hurt, but he wasn't injured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can play hurt, but you can't play injured. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's maybe. Like a, you know, if you're injured, you're injured. You, if you play whilst you're injured, you're going to exacerbate what's wrong with you and cause other things to go wrong. But if you hurt, yeah, yeah, oh, you know, my arm hurts. Get out there and do it. You know, you, yeah, you go. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, but uh, hopefully, boys, we'll be doing a Super Bowl preview soon. Let's let's hope that's that's true. You know, because I really cannot see as Michael said this is it it's now or never it's do or die there isn't a next time for this team for a long time you know I do agree with you when you said that Michael I'm, I'm, I mean I don't I don't know about that but uh, I, I certainly know that 
you know, the thing that the thing for me that makes this urgent now more than ever is, you know, it's like Carl's record, so many near misses. He's the nearly man. How many more times can he keep going to get close and 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 not bring uh, a Super Bowl home without? You know, it causing serious question marks over his, you know, more than it already does. Um, and, you know, like you say, there are then repercussions. We're going to have to pay Boza an absolute fortune. I mean, I know the, the cap's going up and all that kind of, and obviously Brock and is on a really deal and all that, but he's going to be on a fortune. So, yeah, I mean, it's now or yeah. never really. And don't forget McCaffrey. Um, oh, yeah, if, McCaffrey. If you yeah, want yeah. to keep him long term, we have to pay him too. Uh, I don't know how much contract he still has, uh, but I think he is due at least uh, the the year after next year. So uh, it could be interesting. And uh, yeah, but there's one thing uh, I really wish if we go to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm I'm German, so I say if uh, because I'm always skeptical until the game is played. Um, one thing I really wish is for Cat to have her return from IR as the host uh, for yeah. the Super Bowl special. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and couldn't yes, agree more. We miss our hostess Cat very much. We miss Paul, who's you know been a permanent fixture for this podcast since day one. And uh, <clears throat> you know, whilst we're talking about it. We've mentioned Mark with the pick six. There are so many other people behind the scenes who will help out to produce the podcast, to get it together, to distribute it. You know, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of effort of people's time and people give their time so generously so we can produce this for people to, to listen to and enjoy. And also, there are no embargoes on who comes on here to talk. Absolutely anybody. Absolutely anybody. Yeah, definitely. Is welcome. You don't have to be British. You don't have to be anything. You just have. There's just one criteria. You have to be a Niner fan. That's it. You know. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you shouldn't be here. End of story. You know. <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of people who who work very hard behind the scenes to bring us this. Obviously, we we have our voice of the show. We have Cat. We have Paul. And you know, Michael is consistently appearing on our podcasts and gives up his time to, to share his really, really deep insights into what's going to happen and logical ones as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a real privilege to, to be a part of this. So pass the word around, you know, if you're a, an avid listener, do tell your friends to have a go at our Frequency 49 show and, um, and get involved. You know, come on yeah. and, and yeah. get, get in the studio with us. I say studio, and- I mean my... And for the non-German uh, listeners, uh, uh, non-English listeners um, here, who uh, who don't uh, uh, like to uh, join in because they think the English isn't good enough, uh, the podcast is a good way to improve your spoken English if you don't speak English very much. Uh, I think uh, my my English still is. Uh, not that good, but I'm improving every time I speak to you guys. Well, Michael, I have to say this. <clears throat> I think it's fair to say that your English is considerably better, and I mean considerably better, than any of our German. And I don't think... Exactly. 
there's never been one occasion where you haven't made yourself understood. You know, we haven't scratched our heads thinking, what do, what's he saying? Not you, one you, occasion. No, you articulate yourself fantastically. And, and I think, you know, I often wonder if, if German people listen to our show, even though it's in English. And my gut is most people in Germany and in Europe, from my experiences, can speak English better than we can speak their language. So French people, Dutch, Unquestionably, Danish, that's the case. You know, they can all understand much more English than we can of their language. So um, I would love nothing more than to be able to get involved with the German podcast. I'd like to listen, not for any other reason, but to A, then B, I can perhaps improve the very limited German that I speak, you know. Is there anything else, guys? Because I am now beginning to feel the nerves. I really am. Um, I'm really, uh, I'm really uh, excited to see what happens on Sunday. I, I have some good friends who are Philly fans, uh, and they they will give me a lot of uh, grief if we lose. So please, 49ers, win it so I can give them grief. Win it for Michael so he doesn't get chipped from his mates. Come on, 49ers. I wanted to ask you, uh, the NFL has awarded an extra game to Germany, and quite rightly, because I know it's really popular in Germany, the NFL. Now, what's the pulse of German NFL fans? Which team is, is really the most popular? Are we one of the most popular? Is it somebody else? You know, because mm. the vibe I get is that the German NFL fan is, is extremely knowledgeable. You know, they, they understand the game as well as anybody else does, as well as any of us do. That's for sure. Yeah, and the 49ers are, I would say, under the top five, not the most popular. The problem is when uh, they started TV uh, shows here in Germany, uh, run, um, there was one team uh, pretty uh, successful, um, and it was uh, about the same time we... We lost against that team in the NFC Championship, and that was uh, the Seattle Seahawks. So the Seahawks are the most popular team in Germany. You could see that in, in during the Munich game. Uh, more than half of the stadium was in uh, Seahawks blue. And, um, yeah, the 49ers are in the top five, I would say, uh, Looking at it, Seahawks first, 49ers maybe second, uh, then it, it becomes a, a bit blurry. Uh, I'd say uh, the third team, the third mo most popular team in Germany uh, is, the, is whoever team uh, Tom Brady plays for. <laughs> Well, and, <laughs> and then the Patriots, of course, and um, yeah, the Chiefs. But if we win the Super Bowl, you're always going to attract new fans to to the game, and there are always going to be people that will pick the Super Bowl winner to be their team. So, I think. Well, that's that's how I support the 49ers, In fairness, yeah. So that's well, it's universal. So, um, in Europe and in the UK and in the US. If we win the Super Bowl, we're going to find ourselves with a ton more fans that we didn't have before. Let's hope they stay for a long time and not just a good time because we all know what a long time feels like without a ring. And it's our turn now. 
the important thing is not if you jump on the bandwagon, the important thing is uh, when the bandwagon starts to show problems, if you stay on it or jump on the next bandwagon. Yeah, you stay on it. But I think uh, that's pretty much everything, unless anyone has something more to add. No, uh, no, that's I'm done. Thank you very much. No, good fun. Uh, it's a pretty long show, so we have uh, something for the fans uh, to enjoy. Yes. So um, we've done the thanks again, but thank you again for listening to us. Thank you for being our audience. Thank you to Michael Vandy and Paul Marsh for joining me. Deepak Gohill, we're covering for Paul McDonald and Kat Victrino. As you can tell, without them keeping us on a tight leash, we tend to go to all kinds of different tangents. So hopefully <laughs> with us soon and keep us in check for the next show. But for now, let's say good night, gentlemen. Um, good night. Good night. But before before I go, I just read a statistic that's pretty interesting. I just throw it in before we go. Uh from the opponents, the Eagles and the 49ers faced this season. Washington, Arizona, Dallas, Chicago, and New Orleans. Uh, the Eagles won four times and lost three times. The Niners won five times and lost one times. The Eagles have a plus six point differential. The Niners have a plus 101 point differential. I just let this stay here. Yeah, that is a good stat. I've seen that one and... Uh... The only stat that matters now is the W on Sunday. You know, I think we've started this game to death. We just want to win this game. And then the other stat that matters is the number six, which hopefully we will win on February the 12th. Absolutely. Yeah. So, good night, everyone. Good night. Michael. Good night. Thank you, everyone. Na 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 na